glory. He's wonderful, isn't he? Amen. Our hearts uh, ring out this morning of the greatness of our Lord. Amen. And when we think of where we've come from and what he's brought us out of and coming together here this morning, what a what a glorious time to serve the Lord and and the the opportunity, amen, to uh, make his works known among us and to to bring the things that God has given in this generation. I sure want to say that it's an honor to be here this morning and uh, to think, uh, I know uh, Brother Tim uh, is a powerful man of God, many things upon his heart to minister to his people, and and he's uh, given us the opportunity this morning to speak to you, so I pray that you would um, pray with me and ask the Holy Spirit to help me use this time very wisely, and uh, I want to just greet you uh, from the church in Ohio, Brother Erickson and the family there sends their greetings and love to you. And uh, so, but just just as we go to the Lord this morning, let's just begin this meeting with a word of prayer. I know um, we're asking the Holy Spirit to do something uh, special among us this morning. Amen. And let's just bow our hearts. Heavenly Father, we're here as your children this morning, Lord. We approach you, Lord, not as a stranger, but as our Father. Lord, I pray this morning that your mercy would be upon this meeting, upon your children. Lord, we give ourselves to you, that, Father, that your spirit may rest upon us and use us for your purpose, Lord. Now, Father, as your word is ministered this morning, I pray that, Father, may the purpose and the intention of this meeting be unhindered. I pray, Father, that across this congregation, may the grace of God have an effect upon every heart, upon every mind, Lord. I pray, Father, for them that watch this from a different place, Lord, across the Internet, that, God, may you reach into those rooms where they're sitting and where they're viewing. And I pray the Holy Ghost, Lord, would shed its spirit upon them lord i pray that you would touch them lord if there's one here this morning or that will hear this that don't know you i pray father that they would give their life unreservedly to you father we're asking you now that you would lead us this morning and may you do the great and the miraculous among us and lord we'll be sure to give you all the glory we ask it in the mighty name of jesus christ we pray Amen and amen. And God bless you this morning. If you have your Bibles, we just want to turn into the word of the Lord and and to uh, maybe just speak to you a little bit from the scripture this morning. Uh, if you uh, have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 11th chapter, I want to just read a few places here and I have a few things uh, upon our heart and uh, in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, I, I'm not usually uh, a guy that speaks uh, maybe uh, traditional like uh, on Christmas, Christmas or something, Easter, Easter, but yet uh, today I realize that we're facing Memorial Day tomorrow, and but and, uh, just the Lord was just dealing with our hearts. So I'm going to speak to you this morning on remembrance uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, the 23rd verse. 
Apostle Paul, for I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, The cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I want to also, if I can, to turn to Second Peter, the third chapter. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. This is the second epistle, beloved, that I now write unto you, and both which to stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance, that ye be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Amen. We ask the Lord to bless his word this morning as you may be seated. I just want to speak to you just a little bit this morning concerning uh, remembrance. And, you know, we, we of course, we're facing uh, Memorial Day weekend here in America. And I know that they, they set aside a time to remember them that are fallen in the military. And, and uh, that uh, it, it's just a day. You know how sometimes uh, how we are as people. We get caught up in, in our everyday lives and working and through the year. And sometimes you, you don't, you're, you, you know, you're driving down highways, you're voting, you're, 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 you're able to live free and come to church on Sundays and do all these things. And sometimes we forget uh, that these freedoms that we so uh, wonderfully have cost somebody uh, their lives. There, there are families that they, they lost their sons and their, uh, their children and, and all their hopes and everything. And, and they, they actually gave their lives that we could sit here this morning in freedom and be able to do what we're doing. So I think that it, 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 it's a time that, of course, is good that we remember uh, the victories that have been won. But also we must remember the people that paid the ultimate price that those victories could be won. And, uh, and, and sometimes I know our freedoms as we, as we live, we take great advantage of freedoms, never really thinking about what it was without them or, or what, what was done to give us what we have. And I, I for one, never want to get to the place where my freedom is taken for granted. And I, I want to remember that there were men that faced some great odds and lived through some great, uh, great tragedies that we could have this freedom. So right now I know that the, the world we're living in there there's a whole new generation coming who uh, begins to move towards socialism and atheism and and all these ideas of the modern world and and right now we have many uh, young people who are in the colleges that would just willingly give away what men fought so wonderfully and hard for and gave their lives to have because it's a generation that never knew what it was to live under that kind of communism and socialism and all these 
ideas so they don't understand the liberty that they do now possess. And, and I think it's good sometimes that, that we remember. And I know remembrance uh, is, is always has to do with, with the, the way that things are remembered, right? Uh, the things, uh, you, you can speak to one person and things are remembered one way. And you speak to another person and things are remembered another way. But I, I think that it's good that we have uh, history and we have things that you can read and remember. Uh, you, you know, Brother Tim and him just went to Israel and there's something when you you get to Israel, uh, they have memorials everywhere of their Holocaust, and they got museums set up, and they take you through museums and show you pictures and, and let you read letters, and they got big, they have all of these things. Now, they're not just doing that to entertain you when you're there. They're doing that so you know that the Arabs that are saying the Holocaust never happened, they're letting you know they're not remembering it according to truth. They're remembering according it to the way they want things to appear and and so uh, we, we find that 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 you know even uh, one of our presidents I believe it was Eisenhower actually went into some of the death camps and he smelt the very smells of the camps and saw it with his eyes because he knew there would be a time when when somebody would try to say that the Jews were never persecuted in this manner or that the crimes of the the Nazis were not as high as what they thought they were but but a president become an eyewitness that he would be able to to witness himself and say, I saw it, I smelt the smells, I, I stood in the camps, the ashes of them were under my feet so they could be remembered a certain way. And you know, I, I think if that be in, in the natural sense and, and, and you know, to see that things had to be remembered a certain way and, and you, you find that that Holocaust, people actually will say the Holocaust didn't even happen and then there's another whole people that says it didn't mean what, it wasn't near as bad as what you thought, but but, you know, there is a proof of a Holocaust is there's a people in a land. <laughs> Amen. The greatest proof that there was a Holocaust is there's a people in a land. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of things that we have today as a bride. And I know that there's a lot of people trying to rewrite the history of this message. And they're trying to take things that was and things that really happened and said they didn't happen. Or they're trying to say it really didn't mean as much as it did when it happened. But I'll tell you this. Amen. The greatest greatest proof that the things that are the way they are is we're sitting right here this morning amen and we are remembering amen the things that God did for us and the great victories that are won and we will keep rehearsing it in the mind of our young people and the mind of them that, that live amen that they may not forget the grace that God has shown this bride that we are who we are that we experience the freedom that we have this morning there was a time you could not preach the Bible the way we preach it this morning there was a time that you you could not throw up your hands and praise God like you're doing right here this morning. There are things that has been taught this bride that could not have been taught years ago. Amen. But this morning we are a people. Amen. That have these things and behold these things and we hold them and truly we want to remember the Lord that gave them to us. Amen. I, I want to remember. Now, remembrance, of course, uh, you know, remembrance is beautiful and, and remembrance is an attribute of the creator himself. It's a, it's a divine attribute to be able to remember. You know, uh, many times you go through the scripture and you'll see here, God said, I remember my promise. I remember, I remember. So, so it's not just human to remember, but there is actually a divine attribute to remember. Now, now remembrance is something that God actually uses for his 
his own work. Now, I know the devil would get in memory and try to pervert remembrance, but God uses it for his divine work. Now, uh, just the other day, I was, I was in, uh, in the airport coming here, actually, and a man passed me uh, in the airport, and he didn't, he wasn't, I didn't know him, I didn't know anything about him, but uh, when he passed me, he, he was wearing a certain cologne, and it was funny because when I was in high school, amen, that, that cologne was popular, and I had a good friend of mine that, that wore it, and it was called Jakar. I just walked by the guy in the airport, caught the smell of the cologne, and instantly I remembered the name of that cologne, and I remembered the fella, hadn't thought about him in years, and I remembered the guy that wore it. The next thing I know, I'm sitting in the IROC Z, I'm going 110 mile an hour, passing on the right, feeling the skid, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and there I was, back 20, 17 year old again, and, and remembering the tragedy of life, and, and what could have happened to me that day, and here I'm standing 20 years later in an airport coming to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. To, to remember one thing, but you cannot take away the memory of Christ if you're going to remember who you were. If you're going to remember the things that are behind you, you also must remember the God that changed you and gave you what you have and brought you where you are. Now, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. Memory is a work of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, the words of Jesus, he said, the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I said unto you. In John 16 and 12, he said, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So the work of the Holy Spirit will be both that he brings remembrance of the things that Jesus said, and he will also show you things that are to come. Now we know from the Smyrna age, the prophet of God teaches us on the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The evidence of the Holy Ghost. The evidence, of course, of the Holy Ghost is not, it's not just emotions or sensations or tongues or many people's tried to make all things these evidences but a prophet will teach us amen that the true evidence is the hearing of what God says to the church that that is the true evidence of the spirit the prophet of God said see these all are evidences but the evidence is the hearing what the spirit says the spirit is talking yes the spirit is teaching that is exactly what Jesus said he would do when he came he will teach you all things and bring these things to your remembrance what I said unto you. So when the Holy Ghost comes to you, he will be teaching you the things that was already been said in the scriptures. He will teach you things and bring you. Now, that is just what happened. How many realizes that's how we have the New Testament? The New Testament was things that actually had happened when Jesus was on the earth. He was with his disciples. And we find that Jesus said unto them, after I leave, amen, the Holy Ghost will come unto you and bring into remembrance the things what I have said unto you. The four gospels are written from Holy Ghost inspired memory. God inspired the memory of Luke and John and Matthew, amen, and, and, and they, they actually inspired that word and they wrote the things that had happened and they wrote the things that Jesus said unto them and it was an inspired memory by the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine if 
they would have forgot something. Can you imagine if they would have forgot to put in there certain key scriptures? What, what kind of church would we be? What kind of people would we be? But because it was the Holy Ghost, he could not forget what had been said because it was him that was saying it. So it was him that was bringing the memory of it. Do you see? And he gave the memory. So that's how we got the gospel. But then he said, the Holy Spirit would show you things to come. That's how we have the Pauline writings, the spirit of revelation become prophetic. And not only do we have the gospels of what was, but we have the power of the revelation of what was going to be. We have prophetic books in the New Testament. So the Holy Ghost was reminding and also pulling forth what was going to be. When Paul wrote the gospels of of, of Galatians and of Romans and when he put together the book of Acts and he began to lay out the New Testament, Paul said, I have not received these revelations from any man. But in Galatians, the first chapter, Paul said, I went three years on the backside of the desert and there received by the revelation of God. And Paul was so, so sold out to the revelation of what he had talked to that he said, if I, Paul, or an angel from heaven comes and says any other thing than what has been said, then let him be accursed. I'll tell you what, friends, Paul knew what gave him that revelation in so much that he knew that any spirit-filled man, that any spirit-filled preacher, any spirit that came to you would have to acknowledge what Paul said was the gospel. If it's the Spirit of God, how could he deny the things that the Spirit of God wrote in the Bible? My, when I think of this, the word comes to that spirit field. That's right. The word always comes to the truly spirit field. That is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God makes the place for the word to come to your life. In John 17, amen, Jesus said it. Amen, thy word, it is truth. That's right. Thy word is truth. Amen. He told the, in John the 8th chapter, he told the Pharisees, you do not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word. Do you know that Jesus said, amen, the world would never receive the Holy Ghost. That's right. Amen. They will never receive the Holy Ghost because the spirit and the word are one. If you have the spirit of the prophets, then the word would come to you, but you would receive it. Amen. That's right. If the word has to come to the spirit field, the world will never receive it, but them that have the spirit of God will receive the word of God. It is the evidence of a truly genuine anointed life in this age. I think of this, the evidence, amen, has to do with receiving the word of God. Amen. Amen. It's a wonderful revelation. Don't never let the devil take it from you. Amen. The evidence has to do with receiving the word of God. If you think yourself to be spiritual or a prophet, then let them acknowledge the things which has already been said unto the church. The proof of the indwelling of the Spirit is to acknowledge and follow what God's prophet give for an age as it was set in order. Then the evidence of a Spirit-filled Christian believer is not to produce the truth, but he's to receive the truth. Isn't that something? Amen. That 
you do not have the responsibility of bringing the message of the hour and, and trying to find out what the angel would say to you, but rather we have the responsibility of receiving the Spirit of God that has brought a message in this age. I'm glad tonight or this morning that God did not give me the responsibility of trying to open the seals or bring the revelation of the ages, but he did put something in me that when the Spirit put that in the age, there was a receiver down the inside that could say amen to the word of God. Without that gene seed, you will ignore the word, you will ignore the prophets, you will ignore the Bible, but if that gene of seed is inside you, you can no more ignore that than you can go to the moon by yourself. There's something on the inside that cannot help it. There's something there that receives the word of God. Amen. Do you see what's, what's Brother Bam says it like this? He said, watch what he'll do. The spirit of God. He will not bring you to some seminary thing. He'll bring the things that I taught you. Amen. I got to have that rock out of that pocket. I got me a rock this morning. Don't let no giant stand up. Watch what he'll do. He'll bring the things that I taught you. Not some seminary thing. He'll bring the thing that I taught you to remember. That's the word of God. Do you see what Jesus did? He put something out there because he knew the devil would try to get you to remember things differently than the way they happen. But Jesus said, I left you an everlasting memorial. I left you my word. Glory to God, he left the word to think of that this morning in Matthew the 24th chapter the Bible said that they showed Jesus the temple of Jerusalem and he said there'll be a time that not one stone will be left on another in its glory and its greatness but yet it will not be a stone left on another in the same chapter he turned around and said but every scripture must be fulfilled heavens will fail earth would fail but my word will never fail I tell you brother I'd be rather stand on the word of God than to stand in the heavens because that word will never fail do you see amen amen that scripture amen that spirit will bring to remembrance the word he'll do something else he'll show you things to come he'll bring the gospel do you see that a true witness of God amen a true witness he'll bring the gospel to you that's right though it be forsaken and for about 2,000 years, man has tramped it under the feet of man-made theology. But when he comes, he'll bring the word back to you. Amen. After 2,000 years, man has tramped this word under feet. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll bring the word back to the people again. That's the way of a true prophet. Amen. If we want to ride a prophet's trail, a prophet's trail, amen, goes right across that word. He cannot bypass that word. He cannot go around that word. But the word is the way of a prophet. And the word is the way of a bride who is living in this age. I'll tell you the amen. How can a prophet? Can you imagine Amos? Amen. Bypassing prophecies of the scripture. Can you imagine Elijah bypassing portions of scripture to get along with Jezebel? Can you imagine, amen, Elijah trying, amen, to befriend Ahab and willing to do away with the word of the Lord to do it? They could not bypass it. Amen. They could not walk around it. 
but something in them had to acknowledge. Can you imagine Micah standing down there with 400 prophets, but something in him would not allow him to become so social until he was willing to deny what Elijah said to join 400 prophets, but there was something in him. Amen. It was a true witness of the word of God, and I believe that if any there be any true witness, they'll have to acknowledge Amen. Or they will cannot bypass the things that have been written. Even Jesus, when he preached, had to acknowledge the prophets. Even Jesus, when he preached, and Isaiah, amen, the Bible said, I'm anointed of the Lord. When Jesus went to preach in the synagogue, he broke open the book of Isaiah and he read the scripture that was prophesied for his day. I'll tell you, amen, amen, Jesus himself, amen, he had a spirit to remind people of what the word said. Did he not say, remember Lot? Amen, did he not say, remember the days of Noah? Did he not say, remember Lot's wife? Did he not, amen, did he not use the Bible and the things that were there to remind the people, amen, the conditions change, the things change, but the word of God remains the same forevermore. My, when I think of the way even Jesus himself preached, to remind the people. In the Bible it says that before he ascended unto the heavens, that he descended and preached to souls that were in prison. You know what he preached to them? Them that were in prison? Brother Bram said he preached to them what they missed. He reminded them of what they had forsaken when they forsook Noah. He reminded them of what they missed when they missed the prophecies of Moses and Ezekiel. And when they chopped up Isaiah, they were chopping up him. He reminded them of what the prophets had said and what they had missed in the prophecies of those scriptures. I'll tell you what, amen. He was one that reminded them. I think of this morning. I think of the Holy Ghost when it comes into the church. How that it would still remind the people of the things that are in the Bible and the things that were missed through prophecy, but if every prophecy be lined up, then the word of God would bring it to pass. I think of this morning when the scripture says, amen, that the Bible said, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. That's right, Brother Bram said, we remember, Lord, that you said, now watch, Brother Branham is going to remind the Lord of what he said. He said, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Now we're coming this morning hungering and thirsting. Then God has to supply the food for our eating and the water for our drinking. How many hungry hearts we have here this morning? Amen. Remember now, the Bible said if you're hungry, that you will be filled. That if you're thirsty, you're going to be filled. Right? You're coming to the table of the Lord. Come on now, it's a spiritual table this morning. But there are plenty of things that's on that table if we're ready to eat. If we're ready to eat prophecy. If we're ready to eat the things of God. God has filled the table up. There's not an empty space on the table this morning. There's vegetables and there's lamb and there's steak. Amen. Then there's a seven course meal laying on the table if we're ready to feast if we're ready to dine i got a word for you come on in it's supper time all things are ready hey he said I stand at the door and knock and he that opens up his heart 
He said, I will come unto him and I will sup with him. Brother Bram said that sup was to reveal the hidden things that are in the scripture. He said, then we have an evening time communion. That evening time communion, amen, the table is set, the bread is already there. Somebody has got to begin to eat. My, my, amen. What's the scriptures telling us in John the 14th? He that loveth me, amen, keepeth not, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my saying. Do you see Jesus actually prophesied that he would manifest himself to the church? He said a little while, and the world see me no more, but you will see me. He said, for I will be with you even in you. And at that day, you shall know that I am the Father, the Father, me and I and you. Now what day was he talking about? He was talking about this day. The day when the revelation would be made known, you would at that day know these things, amen, and the world won't see me, but you'll see me. And one of the men asked him, how is that possible? That we could see you and the world not see you. And Jesus said, he that loveth me will keep my commandments. In other words, that the one who manifests the words of Jesus will be the manifestation of Christ in the age that they're living in. You see, if you want to see Jesus, amen, look, many people have missed him. They missed him because they have missed him by the prophecy. They're looking for him in a way that he's not here this morning. Amen. If you're looking for him in the corporal body, amen, that corporal body is sitting in heaven on the throne of God as a memorial, a sacrifice for our sins. But if you're looking for him in the form of the Holy Ghost, he's right here in the building this morning fulfilling exactly what he said he would do in the age that we're living in. It matters how you're looking for him if you're going to see him. But he said, if you love me, you'll keep my words. You see, the word fulfilled will manifest Jesus Christ to the world. My, no wonder the Bible said, amen, no wonder the Bible said that the whole world was groaning for the manifestation of sons. Amen, said, want to see Jesus. Amen, where did they go to see Jesus? To his disciples. They went to the servants of God. To see Jesus, you gotta go to God's servants. Amen. And if they love God, they keep God's word and God manifests himself to the people of those people. Now, notice the scriptures are clear that he would manifest himself and they would see him. Those are the servants of God. You know, Brother Bam said his sole purpose was to get you to recognize the presence of Jesus Christ. He said, my purpose in being here is to get you to recognize you're in the presence of Jesus Christ. Isn't that something? In one tape, he said, if you'll give me about 15 minutes, he said, I'll show you you're in the presence of Jesus Christ right now. My, I thought, how could he do that? He wasn't bringing him from glory because the people had to have already been in his presence. They just didn't know they were in his presence. But a prophet would bring you to the revelation that in that day you shall know that I am in the Father, the Father in me, and I am in you. You say, is it possible to recognize the presence in 15 minutes? I'll tell you, Brother Brown walked up in Indiana there. Walked up to an old man sitting on the porch. 
And that fellow told Brother Branham he's being a preacher was he was a lying dog. Y'all, y'all know what that means. He said he was a he said he was an old he was an old lying dog. Brother Branham said, you know, of course I used to coon hunt. I know what that means. That means you walk half the night to get to an old barking coon dog. Says there's a coon tree and ain't one up there. It's just a lying dog, you know. It don't. It, it just don't. It don't hit the tree, and, and ain't nothing worse than that. And he called Brother Branham that. Said all of us people were that. Saying something. Saying, he said, Brother Branham, I've looked, lived here seventy five years. He said, I have lived in these woods. I have looked over every hill, under every branch. He said, and I've never seen God. And Brother Branham, in fifteen minutes, through an old apple tree. Put that man in the presence of the living God and said he's in his heavens, he's in that tree, and he's in a believer. He brought him in the presence of Jesus Christ by manifestation of the word of God. I'll tell you, amen. Amen. He that loveth me, keep my commandments. Now, Jesus said, remember this. Amen. I have many things to reveal to you. And when the Holy Ghost comes, he will bring you in remembrance of the things that the Holy Spirit speaks. I remember, Brother Bram said, that Jesus passed through a crowd one day and a little woman touched his garment. Amen. I remember that, Brother Bram said. I remember that there was a woman who touched Jesus. I remember that. He said, I remember. He said, when Peter thought we went out of his mind and rebuked him because everybody was touching him. He said, I remember that. Do you see, I remember the Bible teaches in Hebrews that he's a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmity. I remember that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. I want you to remember Jesus not haphazardly. Not, not, not just as a church member, but remember him that he is the word and the word of God cannot fail us. Remember Jesus not in a haphazard way, Brother Bram says, see, he says, listen, remember, he says that, that it wasn't me or your pastor that made these promises. It was Jesus that made these promises. I remember Jesus said, go ye unto the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. How far? The whole world. You say, Brother Lane, why are y'all preaching all over the world? Why has these brothers got their sermons on the internet? Jesus said, go you unto the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, I remember that's what Jesus said. He said, go preach the gospel. Jesus said, I remember what he said. He said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. Remember he said that? He said, wherever two or three are gathered, I will be there. Do you remember that Jesus, the word of God, said he would be right here this morning? My, then right here, remember it, and you'll remember that you're sitting in the presence of God. Amen. Go ye unto the world and preach the gospel. I remember, he said, wherever two or three were gathered. I remember that. I remember Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. See who said that? Jesus said that. The works that I do shall you do also. I remember that he said that. Now I remember that's what he said. You see, somebody said, well, Brother Branham, but that's for another day. That's for another day. Brother Bram said, but I'm going to remember what he said. I don't remember what you said. 
Now here's the prophet's approach. He had a way to remember and a way to forget something. He remembered what the Lord, when all these people were saying, Brother Branham, God don't do that anymore. He said, I will not remember that, but I'll remember what God had to say. And God said that he would be here with us. That's all I'm going to remember. Amen. He that will come after me will deny himself, deny his thought, deny his thinking. It might be your father, your mother, your wife, your children. There is something so real that you can't deny. It keeps you and he's here. Do you see this? It's the Holy Spirit that would come down in the end of the world and would bring comfort to the church to remind you of the things the Lord said about the end of the world. Can you imagine the conditions that we're in right now? Where would we be if we didn't have a message reminding us that God said it would be this way, but he also said, I'll have a bride. But he also said that we'd have a body change. But he also said, do you see this? That we would have a change before the first bomb ever hit the ground that would be a bride setting in glory. I'm glad that I don't forget what God said. When man says something, I also remember what God said about it. My, when I think about this, I think the Holy Spirit is coming through his word. And what's he doing? He's bringing comfort to the church. He's bringing consolation to the believer. When all of our hopes are gone. The Bible said that Abraham, against hope, had hope. But man said, why? He didn't have any hope. He said, but he had a promise from God. And it was not hope he stood on. It was faith in the word of God that he stood on. Amen. Look, this is a world that is coming into destruction. Amen. The things that are happening now, hopes are gone. Nowhere's to stand. Drinking, gambling, marriage, giving in marriage. They have rejected the true foundation. But we who believe him are looking for another kingdom to come. That is a kingdom that cannot fail us, that cannot stand. Oh, I'll tell you, amen, I remember what he said. I remember the Lord said, I will not keep my peace for Zion's sake. Can you imagine if the Holy Spirit laid quiet while all these other things are going on? Can you imagine the world systems are falling? All the things that are happening, the destructions on every hand. And at that moment, if the Lord would sit quiet, look at the condition our lives would have been in. But because at that moment, when the, everything began to happen, the Holy Spirit began to remind us concerning the word that he gave us for this age. And the Lord said in Isaiah 62, that he said, I will not keep my peace for the sake of Zion. In other words, he would not keep silent. He would not keep quiet. In Isaiah 62 and 6, the Bible said, I have set watchmen upon the wall of Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day or night, that they will make mention of the Lord and keep not silence. Can you imagine that God has promised you the church a ministry in the last day that he would set upon the wall and they would not hold their peace. They would not keep silent. Thank God that there's some ministry left in this age that when the, the world is falling apart, they say there's a place to stand. When sickness is on a rampage, they say Jesus Christ is still a healer. Thank God there's some men left that will not keep quiet 
in the age that we're living in. My, when it's such a suppressive age, when everybody believes in freedom of speech as long as it's anti-God, as long as it's anti-religion, as long as it's anti-anything that has to do with truth. Amen. And they want to keep everything that would be truth or be right and want to hold it down and keep it. Amen. But there's a pride who will not be silent in such a time as this. Look, Esther, for such this time, you have come into this kingdom. That's the reason you're here. You cannot keep silent now. You cannot hold your peace now. If there ever was a time that the bride ought to rise up, it's in this hour. And remember, remember that you're not just another people. You're the queen of heaven. Amen. Unto half of the kingdom belongs to this church. Amen. The Bible said you're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. To him that overcometh. Remember, he said you would sit with him in his throne, having dominion, having power, having authority. You would be the final voice to the final age. It's not a time to keep quiet, it's a time to lift your voice and remember that God has said there will be a bride, there will be a church, there will be a people, there will be an anointing. My, how can we keep quiet this morning? How could our beings, how could a Christian in such an hour just fade into darkness, just fade into everyday life? How could we? It's a memorial day. If there ever was a day of remembrance, this is the day of remembrance. This is when the Holy Ghost has come to remind the church. My when I think of the grace of God, amen, I think of the grace of God that has come to the church, amen, that we will not, we will not hold our peace. We will not be silent in such a time as this. We've got young people that must hear this. Amen, this is a time when they don't want us preaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But if there ever was a day that somebody ought to preach on the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's right now. People are wondering why they can't get people in church. They're wondering why they can't get people to clean, cleanly live. They're wondering why marriages are falling apart while they're saying we're past the days of the Holy Ghost. We're past the age of divine manifestation. Amen. Without God in a marriage, it'll fall apart. That's right. The beginning of the Bible started with marriage. The middle of the Bible, Jesus visited marriage. And in the end of the Bible is the marriage of the Lamb. Marriage is orchestrated by God. And if he was the one that made it, only his word will keep it going. It's not a time to hold your peace. It's not a day to keep silent. But there is a people, amen, that will not hold their peace. Sometimes I know as a ministry we get we get complaints all the people are too loud the people are rejoicing too much while you're preaching I couldn't hear it well that's what the mics are for turn it up a little if it gets too loud to hear the preacher turn it up a little it's alright we'll, we'll just keep preaching 
Amen. It's not a time to tell the people, hold your peace. I have never been so tired of a Baptist Church of Christ spirit that come in this message that made people believe that there's something wrong with praising God. What kind of devil could take the book of Psalms and come out with that meaning you cannot worship God in the house of God? But David said, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. If David could praise God in a failure like he was in, what ought this bride be doing this morning? I'll tell you, brother, it's not a time to keep silence. It's a time to turn it up. It's a time to crank up the mic. It's a time to turn up the lie. It's a time to rejoice out of the lives of redemption this morning. I'll tell you what, every time you go to do something, the devil finds 500 reasons why you can't. Because you failed here and because you had this here, because you had this. Do you see your problem? What you're remembering is what you ought to forget. And what you're forgetting is what you ought to remember. You ought to forget your life. You ought to forget your trouble and begin to praise God like you've never praised him in your life. I'm, I'm not just praying that. That's the Holy Ghost saying that to you. I got it right off the tape. Brother Ram said men stepped on an elevator. He said they said one to the other. I guess this is about as high as we're ever going to get. And Brother Ram said, yeah, if you're dependent on the works of man, that's as high as you're ever going to get, as high as an elevator can take you. He said, but if you're ready to forget yourself, if you're ready to forget the troubles of your past, if you're ready to forget all the works of the enemy in your life, and remember, there's a blood there this morning. There's a sacrifice this morning. There's an atonement this morning. If you're ready to remember that, you can lift your hands this morning and begin to praise God and there ain't no devil can keep you from doing it. Oh, I think I think it's time to remember. You said, Brother Wayne, what are you saying? I'm saying there's a whole group out here that's saying hold your peace. Don't preach. Don't rejoice. Don't shout. Don't worship. Amen. But look, Jesus said, if these people hold their peace, he said them rocks are going to cry out. If that was true in that day, how much greater is it true in this day when the Bible says all of earth itself is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Them rocks are sitting ready right now. The trees are sitting ready right now. If these people do not praise God for what he's done in this age with these things in our memory, how then could we ever praise God? Thinking of this this morning, how could you, how could you just sit uh, quietly in, a, in this world that we're living in? How could you not testify? How could you not rejoice? How could you not known, make known the goodness of God to those that are around you? I'll tell you, it would be impossible for the believer because the Holy Spirit, amen, has given us a right to praise God. Amen. I'm not a Pentecostal this morning. I'm a word-born believer. I'm a part of the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. With a Pentecostal experience, which our prophet said was a vindication of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't just remember that he died. I don't remember just that they beat him. I don't just remember they put him in a tomb. But brother, I remember the third day he rose up again. And I remember that resurrected Jesus is right here in the building this morning in power and manifestation. That's exactly what we're feeling. That's the power that is sweeping through this.
this building right now that's bringing you from darkness to light. That's bringing you from weakness to power. My, what a God. What an anointing that's upon the church in this hour. That's right. We got a right to praise God. Come on now. We got a right to praise Him. So, Brother Wayne, do they really? Let me let me just say this to you. In case you're here and wonder, in case you're on the on the screen and wonder, let me just say this is not a bunch of short-haired, painted-up women. These are children of God that have given their whole life to live this message. They've got every right in the world to dance down these aisles, to jump up under the anointing. They've got every right in the world to lift up their hands and open up their voices and praise God. These are not a bunch of drunken men sitting here. These are not a bunch of cigarette-smoking, rebellious men, but these are men of God that are fathers and daddies and deacons and preachers. Amen. they got a right. If the Pentecostals can shout over the dead stuff they have, how this bride ought to have a right this morning to raise the roof off of this building. Oh, let everything that half a breath praise you the Lord. No, I've not lost my mind. I remember what the Bible said. Let me ask you something. What day are we living in anyhow? My Bible said the day the book was opened. My Bible said the day the book was opened. Something else happened in that same day. John's name got revealed in that book. And it didn't just become a revelation, but John saw it. John saw it. How do we know he saw it? I'll tell you how we know. The Bible said everything in the heavens and everything in the earth and beneath the earth heard out John praising God. You see what he was doing? He was having a revival because the Holy Spirit had forgotten the works of his past, had forgotten the things that he did, but had remembered his name was on the Lamb's book of life. I'll tell you what, if there ever was a day to rejoice, it's a day when the book is opened. Amen. In that day of the opening of the book is also the day of the marriage. Isn't that something? The marriage comes in the same time. In Revelations 19, remember what the Bible said? Rejoice ye and be glad for the marriage of the Lamb has come. By divine command, we have a right to rejoice. I'm not a crazy man then. I remember what the Lord said. You have a right to rejoice by divine command. Rejoice ye and be glad for the marriage of the Lamb has come. Do you know this is actually the time of King Lamb worship? This is a time when the Lamb has been told that he's worthy. Brother Bram said Boaz went out there. He said in the book of Ruth and he made an act of redemption. Is that right? He said the act of his redemption was his testimony to them elders. He said, and Jesus, in an act of redemption, has took the book and has testified his kinsmanship to the ones that are in that book. Can you imagine this morning that the Lord of glory has took the very book and has called your name and said, they are my kinsmen and I have redeemed them 
And the Bible said, everything in the heavens threw down their crowns and said, worthy is the lamb. He is worthy to redeem. He is worthy to save. He is worthy that his blood has paid the price for us this morning. Oh, glory, if they could say that Boaz was worthy to redeem Ruth, then Christ is worthy to redeem this bride. That's right. Amen. You see who she's married to? Who has this bride married to? You got the type over in Rahab. Rahab got married to. That's right. And who did she marry? She married the prince of Judah, who was a man named Salmon. And she became the great-great-grandmother of, 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 of our Lord Jesus. Amen. And Rahab, who was a harlot, was able to forget what she had been and remember the promise that was given to her. Amen. That she was brought out of Jericho and added to the bloodline of the kings of the house of Israel because somebody remembered what Joshua had said. Glory to God. Amen. She married Judah. Y'all know who Judah is. Judah's banner was the banner of praise. Can you imagine in the marriage of Rahab, she married the house of praise. When she went to bed at night, she went to bed with praise. When she got up in the morning, she got up with praise. When she cooked her meal, she was married in praise. There's a bride today that is married to the house of praise. Glory in the morning, in the evening, in the noontime. She's got a right this morning to praise the Lord. Oh, that's right. Don't you forget it. Don't forget it now. Don't, don't forget it. You say, Brother Wayne, what are you saying? I'm saying the Bible said don't forget it. The Lord is telling you, don't forget. Because if you forget, you're going to lose identity. But if you remember, you're going to keep praise in your heart. Amen. Watch Psalms 103. David said it like this. Bless the Lord. Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. David is a, is a hero of mine. Uh, the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. You know David's secret to God was he was quick to repent. You know David was a man, if you want to just get down to the bare knuckles, that fella, that fella let down a lot of people. David felt himself. David felt the people. David felt his brethren. David felt his God. David felt his family. David fell everywhere. But David was a man when Solomon, when Samuel called out his sin, or was it Nathan? We called out his sin. The Bible said, amen, that when he got exposed, he didn't just get sorry, he repented. That's why David was quick to repent. That's the reason David could worship God any place. Anywhere, anytime, in front of any people. He was not ashamed of his God, but he would bless the Lord. And what did David say? Here's how you do it. Don't you forget the benefits of the Lord. 
Don't, don't you forget the benefits of the Lord. If you forget the benefits of being a Christian, you'll start praising God. If you forget what it means to be a Christian, you'll let your house become a house of doom and gloom. You'll become so wearisome and so, so nervous and so much depression that you live under a cloud of darkness and the sun never comes out. Amen. But listen, David said, don't forget the benefits of the Lord. Amen. You got benefits. I know there's jobs that come with benefits. That's what we want, ain't it? You got a good job, but if it's got benefits, you don't forget your benefits. You don't forget retirement. and You don't forget the days off, and you don't forget vacation. That's why you like your job different than somebody else's job. Amen. And don't you forget that being a Christian has a benefit that sets you apart from other people. David said, here's a benefit of the Lord. He is the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. Glory to God. He is the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. Don't you forget this. When you've got cancer, he's the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. Don't you forget this. When you've got tuberculosis, he's the Lord that heals diseases. Amen. Don't you forget this. Amen. Don't you forget it. When the, when the Lyme disease comes, he's the Lord that healeth diseases. When the heart trouble comes, he's the Lord that heals diseases. But man said like this when the doctor said, you're going to die. He said, remember the Lord. When the, when the psychologist says that your nerves are gone, remember the Lord. Remember. Oh, hey man, can you think of it this morning? Do you see, forget not his benefits. I'm the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. Watch what he says. He, he puts it in the same sentence. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Oh, praise be to God. Oh, if I had ability this morning. Amen. Don't forget this. That he forgiveth all. Can anybody say all? All thine iniquity. In an age where the Bible said the love of many waxed cold. And iniquity shall abound. But don't forget his benefits. Amen. And don't forget that he forgiveth all. How many? How many? All thine iniquity. Now let's just see what Brother Brandon said iniquity was. Iniquity, he says, when you do what you knew you shouldn't have done. Amen. How many's been guilty of that? Now I've seen two or three of you didn't raise your hand. So let's just get the other definition. Get you two. He said, when you knew to do something... And you didn't do it. He said that's iniquity. So there's not a person sitting in the pew this morning that iniquity would not strike your life in some way. But David said, don't forget this now. Amen. When you start thinking about your iniquity, you start remembering that the Lord, he forgiveth all thine iniquity. No wonder David wrote it in the book of Psalms when he said, blessed is a man whom the Lord will not impute the sin. My, in other words, God would not mark his iniquity for he said the Lord delighteth in mercy. God delighteth in giving mercy for they are renewed every morning. So Brother Wayne, what are you saying? David, Paul said the same thing. He said blessedness is blessedness to come upon you. It was upon Abraham. When Abraham, amen, when Abraham had a promise from God, God did not mark the iniquity of Abraham, but when divine, when divine communication was written of Abraham's life, 
the Bible never mentioned one thing that Abraham done wrong but said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief and did not mark against Abraham the unbelief that had showed up in the book of Genesis Amen. How then could you remember that the Lord forgiveth all iniquity and holds your peace? But I tell you, I think we ought to thank God this morning for a God that's able to take a life like we have. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. You, you see what he's saying? If you can't, if you don't forget, you're never going to be without praise. If you don't forget what God has done for you, there'll never be a moment in your life that you cannot praise God. Because if you think about what you was oh thank God for memory this morning think about what you was now that don't take me long think about what you was and then think about where you should be brother take just a moment and think about that where was you and where should you be some of us ought to be in Leavenworth some of us ought to be in a tomb somewhere Some of us ought to be in another kind of prison or an insane institution. You see that? Amen. But we're sitting here this morning, some of us on the pulpit, some preaching the gospel, some shouting amen. Amen. And we're not at all where we ought to be, but we're exactly where God gave us the grace to be because he had a purpose for your life. And don't you forget that if God forgave you, he forgave you for a reason. And it was so that you could praise his name, that you could be a, a, a praise and a, and, a, and, a, and a trophy of the grace of God. I'll tell you what, what a memory. Can you imagine the Lord walking down the halls of grace? And Brother Bram said, every one of you were a trophy of the grace of God. Can you imagine him walking with the angels and saying, there is Timothy Pruitt. I found him in this condition. And look at what I did and what my grace was able to do. And there was Wayne Lawson right there. Picked him up when he was a 20-year-old boy. His life was in ruins. He was on the ash heap of humanity. But I picked him up and dusted him off and gave him the Holy Ghost and cast out devils and, and preached the gospel. Many souls has been saved. Amen. You see, amen, that's not a man that's the grace of almighty God what about you this morning every one of you are trophies of the grace of God don't you ever forget that you are what God sent this message to redeem oh forgiveth thine iniquity healeth all thine diseases who redeemeth thy life from destruction and who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that their youth is renewed as an eagle listen friends it's not a time to forget it's not a time to hold still it's not a time to keep quiet but my Bible says in Revelation 22 and verse 10 that John had received in Revelation 10 in the 6th verse had told that he should hold the book to seal it up John until the seventh angel sounds but in Revelation 22 John receives commission from that same angel and says to him John unseal the book and preach the prophecy for the time is at hand do you see where we are this morning then we're not at a time to seal it we're at a time to preach it at a time to shout it at a time to remember what has been said before us In the book of Corinthians, Paul tells Timothy, he says, I have cause to send unto you, Timothy, 
Who is my beloved son faithful in the Lord who shall bring you into remembrance my ways which be in Christ I teach everywhere in the church. Timothy's got a job. Timothy, remember to put the people in remembrance of the things that have been taught in the scripture. Isn't that amazing? That God would employ a man to put his people in remembrance of his ways. My, in the book of Timothy, in the fourth chapter, amen, Paul says, put the brethren in remembrance of these things. Amen, but refuse wise tales and old wise fables and exercise godliness. Second Peter 1 and 12, Paul, Peter says it like this, I will not be negligent to put you in remembrance. See what Peter's saying? I'm not just saying this again because I don't have anything to say. He said, I'm not going to be found negligent in what the commission of our lives is, is to remind you of the things that have been said unto you. Amen. Do you remember? Remember these things? See, he's not going to be negligent of them. He's going to fulfill what God had called him to do. You see, the Bible said, then therefore be mindful of the words which were spoken. Second Peter 3 and verse 2. So Peter turns it from, from saying, I'm going to put you in remembrance. And then he commands the church to be mindful of the things which are being preached. So let them come into you what has been said. Then what kind of people should we be this morning? Second Peter 3 and 3. Peter says this now. This is Brother Brown's prophecy from the book of, from the uh, rapture series. He starts before he preached the rapture. Brother Brown preaches this knowing first. Scoffers are going to come. So before we put you in remembrance, we first must tell you there's going to be scoffers of what we're saying to you. So in other words, just because someone says something different than what we're saying does not mean that we're not saying what the Lord has already spoken. Peter is saying scoffers are going to come first. But when the Holy Ghost comes... He's going to pick up what has been said and remind you of these things, though they've been trampled, though they've been scoffed, though they've been criticized. In the book of Jude, chapter 1 and verse 17, Beloved, remember the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who walk after their own godly lust. Those be who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. Do you see why they can say what they're saying? Is because they're not having the spirit that causes you to remember the word. Amen. In 2 Peter 3 and 4, Peter begins to tell you what the scoffers are going to come saying. They're going to say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the father still asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now Peter says, now watch, they're going to come saying. He's telling you what they're going to come saying. Brother Branham says, see, of course, they say, well, that's for another day. But Brother Branham says, I'm going to forget what they say. And I'm going to remember what the Lord said. You see, they're going to say, it's prophesied they're going to do it. But the Bible's also told you that them that has the Spirit of God will remember what the Word says. Now watch, there's got to come a witness of this. This scripture has got to come and examine itself before us and make itself known. Amen. What do thou say? See, what has been spoken of? What is promised to happen? What has happened? Brother Branham will tell us in the message, Future Home. He says, if we'll take what's been spoken in the Bible, we'll take what has happened in this age, 
He said, then we could definitely see these things are being fulfilled. Now, do you, do you recognize that many of the things that people are looking for in this age only needs examination for fulfillment? They only need to be examined to see the fulfillment. In other words, people are looking for rapturing faith. But rapturing faith is not something that needs to come. It's something you need to examine by the message to realize it came in the message. You see, people are saying, amen, we need a revival among us. They're looking for revival. But if you would only examine what the scripture said revival would do in this bride time, then you would recognize it doesn't need to come. You need to examine the scripture, examine what's happening, and you would say, God has sent revival to us. You see, the only thing it needs is examining. If you would examine it by the scripture, you will see the headstone is already here. The revelation has already come. You will see the book has already been opened. Amen. The bride already has a message. There's already a voice of resurrection sounding in the bride of Jesus Christ. Just examine what is happening by what is written and you will see Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My, if we could only examine it by the scripture. If you're going to do it, Brother Adam says it like this. The book has already been opened. That's right. Many are waiting for this book to be opened. Brother Adam said it's already opened. He said just waiting for the seventh seal to be identified of the coming of Christ. They're just, Brother Adam said it's opened. We're just waiting for people to identify what has happened. Can you imagine? It was happening right among them and they were crucifying the very Messiah and cutting off the head of the messenger that was bringing it. While looking for revival, they were crucifying their own revival. How was they doing that? By not remembering what the Lord said. How was they doing it? They didn't remember what the prophecy was. They remembered what tradition said. They remembered what the church said. They remembered what another said. Can you imagine if I said, well, look, I'm going to show up in a red car on Saturday and, and, and I'll see you out back, back here and we'll, we'll run the dozer over there. And after I left, somebody come along and said, look, Brother Wayne will be coming, but he won't show up till Monday and he'll be driving a brown truck. Now, if you remembered what they said, amen, Saturday, I'd be sitting back there in a red truck, a red car, and you would miss me because you'd be waiting for me in a brown on Monday. And many people have missed the very manifestation of the very sons of God in this age because they're looking for adopted sons to be something that the world said they were, that tradition said they were. But what did God say they would be? He said they would be Holy Ghost filled, men and women of God. Amen. Listen, church, if God has got a bride here this morning, now don't tell me that the devil has everybody in their place. Sodom's in his place. Trump's in his place. The Congress is in their place. The homosexuals are in their place. The devil's got everybody right where he wants them. And you're telling me that God can't place children of God in the place that he's called them to be? I say it's a lie out of the pits of hell. Jesus said, amen, I will give unto you the spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption will make you say exactly what the Father has said. 
It's the same voice in another body. If the Father said firing, then the Son will fire him. Amen. If the Father said hire, the Son will hire. Whatsoever thing you'll say, if you loose it in heaven, I'll loose it on the earth. If you bind it in the earth, I'll bind it in the heaven. You see, there's a bride that is here in this hour. You're letting the devil ride you. You're letting him ride your mind. You're letting him ride you with traditions and ideas and all the while missing the greatest blessing that God has ever sent to the age. What's happening? People have been over and let the devil ride them. That's what's happening. They're letting the devil ride them every which way. But you know what? I think it's time for the bride of Christ. Amen. To straighten their shoulders up and tell the devil, you ain't riding me anymore. You're not right. You've rode me long enough. I'm tired. I'm ready to let Christ ride the mind of this man into the rapture of the church. You see, many times the things that people are actually looking for only needs examination to see the fulfillment of it. To examine it by the scripture. To examine it by the message. To examine by what God said it would be. You see here, hey man, I, 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 you know what I'm talking about. There's a whole group of people out here who got an idea of what the third pull is. They got a whole idea. They got, they got traditions and they built churches on it and, and they've done away with the ministry and they've done away with the works of God and they've made the third pool only something about the man, William Branham. But the prophet himself, when he stood here on the earth by inspiration said the third pool is here and has been identified among you. What is that third pool? Brother Bram said the devil will never impersonate it. He said he can act like God, but he can never be him. Then Christ is that third pool, and that third pool is in the bride of Jesus Christ. That's the mystery of it. Christ in you is the hope of glory and the hope of the whole church, the hope of the rocks and the hope of the moon and the hope of the stars. How could a man of God, you see, how could a true people of God ever bypass Acts the second chapter and believe that a man cannot be filled with the Holy Ghost? How could we bypass Acts the fourth chapter when the Holy Ghost refilled the people of God that prayed? How could we be of the God of heaven and bypass Acts the 19th chapter when people were baptized the wrong way they had to be rebaptized? How could we bypass Acts the third chapter and the 20th verse when the Bible said the heavens must receive Jesus Christ until the restitution of all things or the restoring of all things? Let me ask you this. Is the church gonna restore? Is this bunch of denominations going to restore? No, sir, they cannot restore. They was the ones that tore it down. But Jesus said in Matthew, the 17th chapter, that Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things. Then how can a true child of God bypass Malachi, the fourth chapter and the fifth and sixth verse? Behold, I send unto you Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. How could we bypass Revelations, the 10th chapter, that in the days of the voice, of the seventh angel the mysteries of God would be sounded how could we bypass the Laodicean age would receive that seventh angel and put him out for the gospel that he preached how could we how could we bypass 
Revelation, the 10th chapter, that a mighty angel would come down. How can we bypass 1 Thessalonians 4 and the Lord himself would descend from heaven and ending the age of a one-man ministry and bringing in a bride of Jesus Christ with a many-membered body would sound the message of resurrection and rapture in the church. How can we bypass that and be called the bride of Jesus Christ? Do you see that? How can we bypass it and be called the bride of the word? Notice this. Brother Bram said, see, you've got to preach that Bible in the power of the Holy Ghost and the resurrection of Christ. Signs and wonders will follow that believer. That's right. Brother Bram said, I'm going to preach the whole Bible or none of it at all. You know, Brother Bram, he said there was three seeds planted, spoke original seed. He said there was a word seed planted, there was a seed of charismatics planted, and there was a Baptist seed planted. Popularity, money, and word. He said that word seed planted, Brother Bram said that end time messenger will plant the seed of the entire Bible. He will plant the seed of the entire Bible. You know what's been seed has been planted in you is the whole word of God. There's a seed laying in this church that, that, a, that a pastor has followed the law of God. And that law is to receive a vindicated servant. And Brother Bram said, see, the power of the believing church is the word seed in the body. Whatever's in that seed must come out. Now, now I'm, not just, I'm not just off my subject. The seed has a memory of its own. There is something that God said about that seed that stays in the seed even when it's in seed form. Every acorn, every leaf, every piece of bark, everything on the tree is in the seed. And when the life comes over the seed, it remembers what God ordained it to be. Listen, friend, when it starts putting forth its limbs, it's not embarrassed. When the leaves show up on the end of its limb, it's not embarrassed. When the acorns start poking their head up under the leaf and the whole world sees an acorn plop up on them, they're not embarrassed. And nor should a son of God be embarrassed when the Spirit of God strikes his life and pulls him to an altar. When he lays there crying and snot running down his face and the Spirit of God begins to move prophecies and visions and speaking in other tongues. Amen. Why should he be embarrassed? It's in the memory of the seed that's placed in him that the whole Bible would come through his life. Not just a piece here or a piece there. Not just a, not just a little thing of this and a little of that tradition. But the entire word is to be manifested through the bride of Jesus Christ. Do you see what man missed? They missed it. They missed John the Baptist. They missed Jesus Christ. And they're missing the bride of Jesus Christ. Because, do you see, there's a time when things are sent and there's a time when things are received. We are not in the sending time. God has already sent his spirit. God has already sent a message. This is the age to whom the arm of the Lord has been revealed. Who hath believed our report? Do you see the arm of the Lord has reached into this age? The hand of God has reached down in this age to touch our lives. And to whom has it been revealed that his hand has been brought down? That his presence has come among us? Do you see man willfully... Willfully in the days of Noah, they willfully turned away from God's word. Willfully they turned from the hand of the Lord. The Bible says in 2 Peter that they were willfully even ignorant that the waters covered the earth. Can you imagine in the days of Peter, him sitting there talking to people and telling them about, about, the, about the, the water and about the blood and how the fire was fixing to cause a new heaven and earth. And they're sitting there saying there ain't been no change. 
And Peter could only look back a couple thousand years and tell him the whole world has been changed. There's been water over the whole thing. What's wrong? You see, they are willing to turn down the whole world being underwater to keep their idea. To willfully be ignorant of something that God done so openly so they could say there's been nothing happened. Do you see what man would have to turn down in this generation to deny that there has been a change in administration? There has been a change in dispensation. There has been a change in our lives. There has been a change in the church. There has been a change in the way we approach God. And man are willing to turn down in this generation. If there ever was a people, amen, that could preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ, this is the age we could preach it. These preachers today has more vindication of the power of God than any other age that's ever existed. After 2,000 years, church, 2,000 years of traditions trying to conquer, of of doctrines and, and trampled under the feet of man. But the Bible tells us he is the mighty conqueror. And he remains unconquered today by traditions and ideas. And we have physical evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just some time ago, I had my sister working. I I tried to have it when I was here in your dedication, but it was a little late coming because it it took her so long. Amen. But she counted every vision. I I told her, I said, I'm studying visions. Y'all remember I preached here on vision. I'm studying visions. I want to know how many Brother Bram had on tape. And she'd come back, I think it was 8,300, 8,300 visions that he had on tape. Amen. That, that That was vindicated. Now, here's the beauty of this, that not one of those visions were wrong. 8,000 times. Let me, let me just, let me put this in perspective for you. If a man in this age, at this time, if he has a little prophecy that comes true, if he sees a vision of something very obscure and guesses that something happens a certain way, they put lights over their, over their church, prophetic ministry of so and so, so and so. They're the Moses and Elijah that's going to go to Jerusalem and try to revive all of Israel. And here we have a prophet of God with 8,300 devices revealed vindications in every, on tape what would we have to know you smiling what are you saying I'm saying the woman at the well had one she had one and she said I perceive you're a prophet Philip had one said you're the king of Israel amen do you see that there has been more given to us if we'll just remember If we'll just remember, Hebrews the fourth chapter said, the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If we would only remember that that was Jesus Christ in his resurrection ministry performing those miracles. Not to lift up a man, William Branham, but to remind you that he is a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of your infirmities. My, when I think of this today, I think of what God has done in this way that we live. Amen. Do you think of how, amen, many have, I'm going to skip through some of this. Amen. Do you see how many have actually gone and ignorantly ignored what God has done? I say that word not as in a, not, not as in something that is demeaning to someone, as in they're ignoring that it happened. 
You, you see, I'm not talking about their character. I'm saying that, that someone could reach out and shake your hand and, and you just turn your head like that. I just ignored him. That's not ignorance in me being mean. It means I just ignored. The man had his hand out and I ignored him. Christ has his hand out and the age has ignored that he has placed his hand for deliverance and healing and manifestation in this age. Oh, if this message could only open our eyes and the eyes of God would come upon the church, we could see we're in his presence this morning. Brother Bram said the same as when Mary stood with him at the tomb. The same as when he was on the road to Emmaus. He's here today in the same way. If we would pray that God would open the eyes of our understanding and remind us of what he said he would be, then we would see him in our presence this morning. Think of the Bible in the book of John when it said he made the world. And the world, and he who made the world came into the world. But the Bible said that they did not know him and they received him not, but as many as did receive him. To them he gave power to be the sons of God. What brought anointing of sons was the receiving of God and what he done in that age. Amen. If we can only receive it this morning, this message, you, you see what it is? It's the resurrection of Christ. It's the ministry. Then how much could we have by the receiving of it, not in a tradition, not in a portion, but letting it break out on what we are, what it's meant to be, then adoption is upon us. Then the spirit of grace is our measure. Then the fullness of God is where we're going. Manifestation is our anointing. Ma, we're not here getting a promise. We're here fulfilling the promises that God has made in this age. My, there's a sun shining in the church this morning. A sun bringing remembrance. I hope I, I, hope I don't get so fast that, that we lose, a, lose where we are here. Something has shined in our age, friends. If we don't ignore it, there's benefits of it. If we don't turn our back to it, there's a benefit of the rays of the sun that is shining. The Bible calls it that the righteousness of God would arise with healing in his wings. I got good news for the church this morning. I got good news for all this. There's healing in this message. There's healing for your heart. There's healing for your life. I know, I know it's powerful, but it also heals the life. It destroys demons, but it heals the life. You ever hear of natural glycerin? Amen. It can blow up a, it can blow up a house, but it can heal a heart. It matters how it's used. And this message can blow every devil off of its axis. Amen. It has enough power to drive back every power in hell. But it has enough of power to be measured down and placed in the human heart and heal that heart of every sin disease and every unbelief and every fear. Amen. Good news, church. The sun is up. It's got healing in its wings. It's flying over the church this morning. The great eagle, the anointing, the flying eagle is flying over the church this morning screaming the good news of healing and redemption. The blood is speaking. It's speaking better things. It's speaking of redemption and healing. It's reminding you. Oh God. Oh that lamb. That's right. He's shining. He's shining not in the strength of the planting of the seed. 
He's shining in the strength of the harvest of it. When the seed is not just putting forth a shuck, it's not just putting forth a, a leaf, it's not just putting forth a stalk, but it's come when the seed, the whole life of the, of the, of the leaf has poured itself into seed life. Amen. You, you see, the word was made flesh for that light to come. The things that Jesus said were made flesh for this light to reach us. For the light of the Gentiles is, it is the manifestation of God in the flesh. That's our light. So brother, what are you saying? I'm saying that we're going somewhere. We're going to a future home. Don't, don't forget this is not our home. This is our earth, but it's not our home. And I want you to, to remember this. There is a new heaven and a new earth. This is Jesus' words. This is what the revelation John received. Now, we're standing here this morning, and we're looking out, and we're expecting something great in that new heavens and new earth. And, and it almost seems like that as we're reminded of those words, they seem so far away. But remember that we have received the light of that same word made flesh in Malachi 4 and Revelations 10 and Luke 17 and John 1. If God kept his word there, then he will also keep his word there. Do you see then, then that city is not as far away as you think it is. Watch, you, you, you look and see how that a man was in Brother Ram's meeting. He left, left the meeting. He said, Brother Ram, I don't believe all that stuff. Brother Ram said, you don't? He said, no. He said, matter of fact, I don't believe anything I can't see. And Brother Ram said, now, he said, oh, really? He said, yeah. He said, I don't believe if I can't see it. And man said, Brother Ram, come and go home with me and talk with me a while. Brother Ram said, well, he said, that'd be nice. I'd like to sit in fellowship with you. He said, but I can't see your house from here. The man said, but I, I, my house is over the hill. Brother Ram said, are you sure you can't see it? He said, yeah, it's over there. He said, really? He said, well, he said, it's dark. He said, I can't see it. How are you going to get there? He said, well, there's a path goes up through there, goes back to the house. He said, well, I see the path. He said, but I can't see it more than just a little piece here. He said, he said it's dark out there. How are you going to see that path out in that wilderness? He said, well, I got a little lamp. He said, but the lamp don't throw the light on the house. He said, but the lamp throws a light on the next step. And that lamp throws a light on the next step. And if you keep walking that same step, then after a little while, you're going to be at the house. This message is throwing light upon the path of a future home. This is the path that Enoch walked. Even this is the trail that Elijah walked. This is the place that the bride of Jesus Christ is walking step by step to the original promises of God. Amen. That there will be. But you see that light is reflecting the steps of the church from one to the other. Listen, you got to just keep walking. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, it unfolds and redeems the church. Now watch, because Abraham being our father, watch Abraham who was told of the Lord and revealed, amen, Abraham who lived in Babylon. Now that's a great type. We don't have time to go into all the types. But Abraham lived in Babylon. And it, 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 you see that Noah's age, the flood had came. And they came out and they remembered the flood, so they built a tower of Babel. And they wanted to live there, but look at what come into Babylon was all the confusion, traditions, and ideas. And Abraham, Brother Abraham said, was praying down there one day, and he said he broke through to God. 
He said, and he, he reached out and laid a hold that there was a real God. And in the spirit, he caught a revelation that God was going to have a city that was not like Babylon. But the builder and maker of it was God. You, while he was in the city of Babylon, who was built by man, for man, by confusion, he said God revealed to him there's another kind of city. And it's one that's builder and maker's God. Now, now I don't, I'm not a good mathematician and maybe timelines is not my, my, my profession, but I want to say maybe I think that, that Abraham was at least four or 5,000 years from that new heaven. Uh, what, what was about uh, 3,000 years before Christ? Amen. And then he was a good 1,000, 2,000. Yeah, I'm thinking it's 4,000 years from now Abraham was. And then we have a 1,000-year millennium. Amen. Don't, don't forget that he said there'd be a 1,000-year reign on the earth. Now, that's not the new heaven, new earth. That's a 1,000-year reign. But after that 1,000 years, heaven and earth would come together in a future home, right? Now, so he's at least 5,000 years from that city coming on the earth. And Abraham, went. the Bible said, left his home. And went looking for something that was 5,000 years ahead of time. But the revelation was so real that he called himself a pilgrim and a stranger and went looking for that city. Now, Brother Bram said, watch what he done. He went out there looking and inspiration led him to the very place that that city was going to set on the earth. He went to the very place. And Brother Man said, watch now. He searched for a city whose builder and maker was God 5,000 years ahead of time. Brother Man said, but watch. If you ever set out in your heart, he said, if you ever really seek God, he said, then God will give you a reality to what you're seeking. That city was not coming for 5,000 years, but when he found the place where that city would come, amen, there was a man met him on the road who was the very king of that city come out and met him that he would have a reality that this city is not just imagination. This city is not just something I'm thinking about, but the city was real and the king was real. Brother Bram said, if you ever set your heart to find something of God, he will give you a reality of what you're looking for. Oh, if you're searching for the Holy Ghost, amen, don't you stop till you get it. Amen, the Bible said if you knock, it shall be opened. If you seek, you shall find. Then knock, brother, don't knock one time. Keep knocking. If you're seeking, keep seeking. You just keep on pressing and keep on pressing until you find the reality to what you're looking for. Oh, I'll tell you, friends, amen, that city was not just for Abraham, it's for him and his, and his people and his seed behind him. You've got to remember this now. Amen. Now, now I'm, I'm not leaving my context, so just give me a few moments here. You've you, you got to realize that Brother Brandon moves and tells us that we're living in a season of mortal life. And he said we're going to lose people. Now, one thing that I've noticed around the church of the living God, we preach so much healing in the down payments of resurrection and the reality sometimes it, it, it's in our minds that nobody's ever going to pass away and if they do something bad has happened in other words something out of the ordinary but you, you got to realize that these are mortal bodies alright now God will heal that body but Brother Bram said that's why he said that, that you, you, God can heal you he said but look there's something better than the healing salvation 
because a man gets healed and that man, Abraham had a body change and still he passed. Do you see? So, so you, you gotta, you gotta keep a balance on these things. And you gotta realize that if somebody passes away, it's not the end. Now, now, Brother Man will tell you this. He'll say, Watch, now, a leaf that's on the tree falls off the tree, and he said it goes to the ground. He said, Now, that's your mortal body. When the time on your time on earth is up, he said, the, the leaf falls and it goes and plants in the ground. He said, But the life that was in it has already went down the tree and out in the root. He said, That life is out there laying, waiting for the moment of resurrection to pick up that body that was in that leaf and it'll take it right back to the top of the tree again. He said, do you see then that that death of the body is not the end of that life? He said, but when Jesus Christ returns, he will bring them which sleeps with him. Matter of fact, he said, they will raise first. Now watch, don't forget that. In the moment of suffering, don't forget he is the resurrection and he is the life. Don't forget that though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and abideth in me shall never die. Now watch, because that spirit of resurrection will pick that leaf up. And it will take it back to the top of the tree. Now let me ask you, that's why I'm asking you this. But I said there's got to come another season. There's a season when the life is leaving. There's a season when the leaf is being turned loose. And is floating to the earth and being buried. And so has through the churches. Amen. Back in the day of Pentecost, there was a seed of the church was planted. And the church in its original condition was planted in the ground. But but there was a time, you see, when things were taken and the church was going down. But God, the whole while that things were fading, was already prophesying, I will restore, saith the Lord, everything that is lost, I will bring it back. So you look at that church in the middle of the ages, but it wasn't the end of it. See, it wasn't the last of it. But God was saying, I, the Lord, the Holy Ghost, will restore unto you everything that's lost. Now, can you imagine that when God begins to restore the church, how could he leave off one leaf? How could he forget that there was bark on the tree? How could he forget that there's acorns in top? How could he forget? And when God begins to restore the church, how could he forget that the Holy Ghost was in the first church? How could he forget that laid on the hands of the sick was in the first church? How could God who put it in there forget that prophecy and tongues and visions was in that first church when the Lord begins to build a church he'll build a church just like the one that he built back there my don't you ever forget this God has never forgot amen anything that he gave you My God is not absent-minded this morning. God is not forgetting. God is not losing. God is not letting go. But God will restore everything that he promised. If we just remember, if we could remember this morning, in this condition, in this condition, in this age, when amnesia is everywhere. The condition is here for amnesia, church. Brother Bram said there's two conditions. First of all, he said, we, we get between opinions. Am I okay? Am I too long? We get, am I okay? First of all, we get between two opinions. Number one condition for amnesia. 
How many opinions have we got? Opinions everywhere. Conditions there for amnesia. Brother Ram said the second the second condition, he said, was wary. Probably one of the number one troubles of the world right now is nervousness. Mental conditions is the worst problem they've ever been in the history of mankind. Our problem is not the guns. Our problem is the mental condition of the people. It is a condition for amnesia. Brother Bram said, watch, when, when Nebuchadnezzar forgot that he was a king, he was a king acting like a beast because in his heart he forgot he was a man. A man without the Holy Ghost is no better than a beast. When people forget about the Holy Ghost, look at what they're going to do. Look at the way they're going to act. When men forget, do you see when men forget what the church is supposed to be, that eagle becomes a hawk. When men forget what's supposed to be, look at what they do and what they say. Amen. And if amnesia has struck the world, amnesia striking the churches, but there will be a Holy Ghost in that hour that will remind the church of what he said that it was going to be in a time of restoration. Listen, I want to announce to you, this is not the age where God is taking away. This is not the age God is planting a church. This is the age God is restoring a church. Amen. He said, remember, amen, that I'll give you joy for your mourning. Remember, I'll give you healing for your diseases. Remember, I am the God that changes not. My, to think this morning, we have come out following this message. And here we are this morning remembering God, remembering what he said, remembering what he said he should do. Amen. When I say the Lord said that he would restore, saith the Lord. Now notice there's eight must upon the Lord himself. Do you know Brother Bram give eight of them? He give three and in Christ revealed in his own word. And he said it must, be a, must not be mishandled. The word must not be misinterpreted. And the word must not be misplaced. If God said that for you, he also has to do it himself. He put in, 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 he put in trying to do God a service without his will. He put five must. Brother Ram said right there, he said it must be God's season, must be his time, must be his man, must be a prophet, and must be vindicated by God. So there's eight must that God himself must follow. And if he follows those must upon his word, where are we sitting this morning? If God can't misinterpret, if God can't misplace, if God must fulfill, if God must have a vindicated servant, do you see where we're at this morning? We're in the evening time. We are here with evening time results of the word of God. Amen. To be a Christian, friend, we've got to identify with everything that God has done in this age. Don't you forget who you are. Don't you let the devil take away and make you cold and formal and indifferent. Don't you let the devil steal your joy in an hour when joy should be everything in your life. In a time when nervousness and depression and ungodliness is everywhere. We could start right in the church this morning. You know, I'm, not, I'm not rebuking. I'm telling you that the devil is oppressing everywhere. He didn't stop at the doors of the church. He's doing everything he can do to oppress and bring fear and bring nervousness. But remember the Lord said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Remember what the Lord said. 
Remember, he said, I will anoint you with the oil of gladness. Remember the Lord healeth disease. Remember the forgiveness of sins. Remember this. When you begin to remember, don't you forget. Do you see? He's actually telling you, don't you forget your identification. Don't you forget what a true church is. I'm preaching all over the, all over the world right now. For people, anybody listening to this, don't you forget what a true church is. Brother Bram said the true church is Mark 16 in its action. Amen. Casting out devils. Amen. The Bible said, don't you forget this, that in my name they shall cast out devils. Then right here this morning, if you don't forget this, then if there's a devil in your life this morning pressing you in this congregation, I want to tell you I have every right and every authority by this message to tell that devil he's trespassing upon God's property and by the commission of the Holy Ghost. I have a right to say, Satan, take your hands off of God's property I claim them in the name of Jesus Christ I have a right if I remember what the Lord said to lay my hands on the sick and they shall recover I have a right to speak with new tongues and to prophesy if I remember what the Lord said if you begin to remember this morning you remember this you remember that he's unconquered this morning you remember you remember this you remember that God has to give three witnesses to everything that he does. And Brother Bram said the number one witness that God gives is a prophet. If a prophet stood in those ages, and in and, and, and Joel 2, he said, I the Lord shall restore, I'll pour out my spirit. The book of Isaiah said that the spirit of God would come unto you like a refreshing. And he said, with precept upon precept and line upon line and here a little and there a little, they will speak with other tongues and don't know, and it shall be a refreshing unto them. Brother Bram said, there's your first witness of the move of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. There's your first witness. He said, that prophet witnessed what God would do when he spoke that word. But the second witness of that was when Peter stood up under the power of that spoken word and said, I, amen, have been anointed by the Spirit. And this is that which the prophet prophesied. When he began to witness this was Isaiah, watch what the Holy Ghost done when it come into that church. It fulfilled that word line by line, precept by precept, because it was the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost itself was the third witness. You see, there's three of them, the prophet, the person, and the Holy Ghost. And so has, has there been a witness in this age. The Bible said that God would restore. The Bible said the Holy Ghost would be poured out. And if God said that, that's the first witness that it'll happen. The second witness is there has to be a people that those prophecies fall on their life. And they've got to witness that God is doing something. I'll tell you what, I don't know about you. Amen, but I feel like Peter did that day on the day of Pentecost when he stumbled out there under that inspiration and said, this is that that the prophets prophesied. This thing that we're feeling this morning is not a foreign thing. This is not some fanatical idea. This is the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilling his word in this age. And remember this, it's not just something we're saying, but the Holy Ghost has come to witness it himself. If we begin to remember, he's been a great witness to us. If we started remembering right now, just start, just start remembering. 
Just start remembering the things that God has done for you. Just start remembering. Remember what it was when you first got saved. When you didn't care who was the deacon and who wasn't. You remember when you first got saved that it didn't matter who shook your hand or didn't. You remember when you first got saved there was no thoughts, there was no trials, there was nothing that stand in your way. But you remember that night when you run down to the altar and the only thing on your mind and heart was getting the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Remember that night when you begin to remember, when you begin to remember how the Holy Spirit answered that prayer. You remember how God came down and ministered to you and gave it. You remember that? You remember how the Lord done that? Remember the works that he began to do in your life after that? If we start remembering, it don't take me five minutes and I haven't known you guys that many years. But I can, st- I can just sit here and start remembering just a minute. Just sitting on that dozer just, to, just the other day. And I sat remember me and Brother Timothy was talking about one night on a Wednesday night. Of all times. Walked out on here Wednesday night and I sat in the back room. I told Brother Timothy. I said, Brother Timothy, today about 3 o'clock sitting on that dozer, the Holy Spirit told me I will do something significant in that meeting tonight. And sitting right here this morning, if you start remembering, there were hearts... They come tumbling out of the bed. Remember? Remember Brother Justin? Remember the Holy Spirit touching Sister Karen? I remember. I remember Brother Tim going and getting her by the hand and bringing her out because we had just prayed for Brother Tim's boy. And the Holy Spirit had just brought a great victory in his life. And the Spirit of God was waving over the church. And it was way up in the middle of the night. And people were praying and the Holy Spirit was falling. Remember that night? Remember the healings that come out of them prayers. Remember the spiritual strength that you were growing because you were sitting at the table of God remembering the Lord, remembering His promises, remembering His strength. If you just begin to remember this morning, just remember in in, in your moment of desperation when you're sitting here and things are flooding your mind and the trials of this life are piling, just remember His salvation. Remember what He's done. And all of a sudden, a, a praise will start coming up out of your soul. I remember, I, re- I remember, Brother Mark, I remember the Lord said, amen, that he would heal the sick. I remember that. And, and not only do I remember him saying that, I remember me, I remember. I remember standing in prayer line when Sister Dina Nelson down there in Arkansas had that stroke and come up in the prayer line. I remember when the stroke was healed and she started dancing all over the front of the building. When I remember that, it makes me have courage to pray for somebody else that has a stroke. When I remember that, I remember that God answers the prayers of a man born of sin and filled with the Holy Ghost. I remember that James, the fifth chapter, said, Anoint them with oil, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. I remember what he said about that. When I start remembering... When I start remembering, I, I remember. I remember just the other day in a meeting, a, a boy come in there and he was nearly deaf in one ear. If it, uh, maybe completely deaf. In the middle of our Bible conference over in Tennessee, a boy from Canada drove all the way down there in the meetings. In the meeting, he come up and said, Brother Wayne, he said, I can't hear out of this ear. We anoint him with oil on the way back home to Canada. He called me in the, middle of the, in the middle of the trip and said, Brother Wayne, he said, I just had to tell you. He said, I got up this morning. I'm listening to a tape. He said, and that ear is hearing everything. The Holy Spirit has totally restored it. I'm remembering. Don't forget how many unclaimed victories is in the church this morning. 
How many little prayers has God answered that only you know about that you never told nobody? How many unclaimed victories in your own personal life that you couldn't tell nobody, that you didn't want it, but God gave it to you and he answered and strengthened you. And remember, I, I can't talk about, remember that remembering Sister Mariah right here? I remember her. I remember her when her hair wasn't there. I remember her when her mama stood down here and they were crying. I remember when she went through the prayer lines. I remember that, but now, amen, now I don't remember her that way. I remember her as her healing. I remember the glory that God has revealed and what we can tell. You see, there's a way to remember things and not here this morning. What about your memory? What about, uh, Brother James come to me yesterday and said, I, I was hurt bad in those meetings. He said, but, but God touched me and the pain I was supposed to feel never came to me. But remember what the Lord has done for you. When I sat here this morning, begin to remember. I know, I know that, that I've, I've preached a long time, but I want you just to remember a moment. I, I, I start going back through 20 years of ministry. I, I'm not even talking about what's back before me. But just in the last 20 years of ministry, I can't help but remember. When my feet first touched the Indian soul and the Holy Ghost came there and met me. I, I'll never forget what the Holy Ghost began to do. I can, I can never forget I can never forget how we were sitting in a hotel room and a good friend of mine, he was an older gentleman, up, up he's 80 nearly, sitting in there and he said to me, Brother Tim, he said, does God still cast out devils? Brother Wayne, he said, I don't see much of that anymore. Does the Holy Spirit still take devils out of people's lives? I said, Brother, I said, you, you, you just have to stay with us a little while. The Holy Spirit still does these things. That very night, I was preaching in an open meeting and as I began to preach, I, I was using a, a context that hell was created for the devil and his angels, never created for a child of God. And, and when I said that, there was a lady fell out in the floor and began to thrive and scream. That devil couldn't take that word. They picked, well, you begin to remind the devil the word, he can't take it. They picked that woman up and brought her around and brought her in the prayer line. And she walked up in front of me. She said, Brother Wayne, she said, or she told me later, she said, when I sing the sign to these meetings, he said, that devil started fighting against me to come. She didn't even know the Lord. She's a Hindu lady. We anointed her with oil and cast that demon out of her. About 15 minutes, her thriving on the floor. Just all over. We had video of it. I don't know where it's at now. Thriving all over the floor. The Holy Spirit struck her life. And the demon come out of her. She left there a sane, normal woman. But the power of the Holy Ghost took that demon out of her life. There wasn't nothing wrong with her, but the devil that it took on her life. You see, if you just remember, amen, there, there might be a spirit in your life this morning. But if we begin to remember that God does those kinds of things, amen, then there's a way this morning you don't have to leave like you came. You, you don't have to leave here the same way that you came, but you can leave with the freedom this morning. If you just remember that, my, to think when you begin to remember what God's done. When you begin to remember. But Philip, when I first came here, it was your wife and daughters up here praying for you. There you sit behind. I remember the Lord touching your life. I remember that. I remember when I just got saved. Jewel Forney come by and preached a meeting and there was a brother in the church that had been backslid for years raising his kids out of church and Brother Jewel had an open prayer line and the Holy Spirit came in and there was a woman sitting there been out of church for years her husband had rededicated his life been praying for his family service after service 
his wife came to that meeting, and while the Spirit of the Lord was there, she got up and came off the back row and came. Said, Brother, and I want to receive the Holy Ghost. God give the woman the Holy Ghost. She went back and sat down. She sat there about 15 minutes. She got back up and come to the prayer line. She said, I want to get my family saved. Amen. Brother Jill prayed over a prayer cloth. She took it home, put it under the, under the mat where her, where her daughter slept. And you know, within just a couple months, that little girl started coming to church, didn't even know why she wanted to come. Just as worldly as she could be, but she wanted to come to the house of the Lord. After maybe a month or two of coming to church, she's shaking out her sheets and found that prayer cloth. Her mama told her the story. When she told her the story, the girl said, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. She's married to a boy right now. They go to Jason Jackson's church. That's been years ago. But when I begin to remember that, it makes me want to say that God still answers prayer. It makes me want to tell you that it's never too late. That if you got away from the Lord, that there's a place that you can repent. It makes, it makes me, do you see what, when I remember these things, it makes me want to preach to the people. It makes me want to remind them that God is real. That God is unchanging. That God's ways are never going to change. And if God done something for one person, he's got to do it for another. If we can just remember him this morning, look at what the Spirit of God could do in our lives. As our musicians would come this morning, I want to remember him. I want to remember the words that he spoke and the things that he's done. Do you remember? Do you know what Jesus said in the prophecies of Isaiah? He said, though that a mother might forget its suckling babe. He said, I'll never forget you. I got to thinking about this the other day. And I was thinking the Bible of how it promises us all immortal bodies. And it will be in heaven. And I was thinking that there won't be one blemish on one body. Can you imagine what, uh, an immortal body? No blemishes there. No, no, no blemishes, no trials. No, everything's perfect. But then I thought about one body that will ever be scarred. His body will always hold the scars of our redemption. Memorials. When we have long forgot the sicknesses, we will remember He's a healer. When we have long forgot the sins of our lives, we'll look at Him and remember He's a Savior. Those scars that He bears will always be a memorial. Of where we were and what he done for us. I'll tell you, he can never forget you. He can never forget you. He can't forget you this morning. I'm glad he didn't forget me. He can never forget us. I want to remember him this morning. I want to remember what he's done for me.
I was sitting thinking on this and I was sitting there just imagining. Years ago, I was in a service on the end of a meeting like this and I just began to worship the Lord and they were singing something. I don't even remember now what the song was. But as they were singing the song, I began to pray and something just come up on the inside of me. And I began to remember, just, 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 just for a moment, I began to remember what it was when I was seeking the Holy Ghost and I was, I was looking for the Lord and I was trying. And just out of me, something began to say, I remember. I remember. I remember, Lord. You ever sit and talk to somebody and you try to get them and you, you vividly remember something and they obscurely remember it and you start saying oh remember we were all sitting in that room and that guy was sitting here and this guy was here and, that. and after a few minutes you go oh yeah yeah do you remember that he gave his life for you do you remember that all the stripes that he took was for you and your transgressions? Do you remember that on the third day that he rose for your life that you could receive the Holy Ghost? I, I tell you this morning, friends, I want to remember my Lord. Maybe just as we stand together, you want to remember him with me this morning. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you? I don't know what key we'll sing it in, Brother Timothy. Do you ever sing it? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? <clears throat> Makes me want to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified? You don't know that song. When they crucified my Lord, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Sometimes it makes me tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? I remember. I remember he did it for me, don't you? Would it be somebody right here this morning that you forgot? 
what he done for you. That your life, that you've let yourself get away from God. Right here in this meeting this morning, and so Brother Wayne, I'm going to remember my Lord today. I want to remember him. I want to remember his life. I want to remember what he's done. I want to remember. Maybe you'd just like to come right here to the altar this morning. Come stand right here in front of the building. I'm here to remember. I'm here to remember what he done for me. I'm here to remember today. I remember, Lord. Can you help me, Brother Timothy? I remember. Do you remember that he said in my name they shall cast out devils? How could the Spirit of God visit the church and not remind you that he took 39 stripes for your healing. Do you remember? He said, in my name, they shall cast out devils. How could the Spirit of God be ministering to you and not remind you that there's a right for a believer to lay his hands on you this morning and to drive the Spirit away from your life that's trying to keep you from serving Christ? It's troubling your mind. I want to remember the Lord. I remember Him this morning, and I'm I'm not trying to pull at you. I'm trying to give you an opportunity to remember Him. If you're sick in your body and you need prayer this morning, remember the Lord. We'll be glad to anoint you with oil this morning. If there's a spirit that's working against your life and you need deliverance this morning, I want you to remember the Lord. Can you imagine in John the 8th chapter when Jesus turned to the Pharisees and he said, if you continue in my word, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they said, We are Abraham's children and we have never been in bondage to any man. They had forgotten. They had forgotten and Moses was told of the Lord to give them a Passover that every year they would remember that they had been slaves in Egypt. And that the God of Abraham had come down and with eagle's wings had delivered them and gave them a new land. But there was, a, there was Jesus Christ who had come to people that was in a greater condition than they found Moses found them in Egypt. For their sin was a greater bondage than the chains of Egypt. But he said, remember, that he that the Son set free is free indeed. God bless you this morning.
come into his presence I humble myself I lift up both my hands and I begin to worship him Oh, I worship him 